Welcome to Live Your Full Life Now uh, podcast. So we're still on the same teaching and we're going over the book of Esther. I believe this is my fourth teaching and I've given them different titles, but I, I think they're appropriate titles because the titles have to do with the teaching of that day, whatever, um, pretty much it summarizes the chapters that we're going over. So I believe we finished chapter three and four and we ended where... Uh, Mordecai, Esther's Queen Esther's cousin, has told her what's going to happen to all the Jews, and he's asking her to pretty much risk her life and go before the king and ask um, for things to change. Um, because the king was the one who gave that edict, but he was influenced or uh, manipulated by his highest advisor, the chief advisor, Haman whom um, the king uh, pretty much gave him the honor of being the highest official in the palace. So that's where we ended the story. Now Esther has agreed to go before the king, but she knows uh, what could happen. And uh, as I mentioned before, if you weren't summoned and you went before the king, uh, high chances you, were, you would be killed before you even reached the king. So the king pretty much had to summon people to go before him. Um, and if they didn't, unless he raised his golden scepter, the, the, the people that were protecting the king would, would kill the person. But Esther asked uh, Mordecai and asked for all the uh, Jewish people that lived in Susa, city of Susa, to fast for three days. And so at the end of the third day, and she says she's going to fast along with her um, you know, attendants, the people that work for her. Uh, for the same cause. So they're pretty much fasting and coming before God and asking for help. <clears throat> so we're starting in chapter uh, 5, and it starts with verse 1. It says, On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner courts of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her, and he held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, I, it will be given you. So she, again, takes, it, takes the risk, goes before the king, but guess what? She has favor with the king. He raises the scepter, and now she has uh, the uh, permission to approach him and to talk to him, right? And it says that it pleased him. So just keep that in the back of your mind that she has favor with the king. Remember that it is God who gives us favor with the right people. Um, so verse 4 says, If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king together with Haman come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. So she's saying, I just want to throw a banquet and I want you and Haman to attend. Okay, and even before she asked, what did the king said? He said, ask anything. You know, he says, up to um, half of my kingdom, I'll give it to you. So that's, that's how much favor she has with, the, with King Cyrus. So, um, so she lets the king know what her request is. And Haman hears about it. And Haman is now ecstatic that... Wow, I was the person who was chosen to pretty much dine with the king and queen of all the officials in the palace. She chose me. So remember, Haman is already very prideful of the power that is in his hand and of the authority that has been given to him. He's not a humble person. 
on top of it, he hates the Jews, right? So he's happy that he got an edict to have all the Jews killed, right? And now he's happy that he was favored by Queen Esther, or he thinks, he assumes, um, and he's going to be dining with the king and the queen. So um, we're still in chapter five. So he goes home. He's well, before he goes home, he you know goes through the gate and he sees Mordecai, and Mordecai still does not bow or knee or rise. He pretty much shows no respect for Haman. Um, so again, Haman is filled with rage against Mordecai. This is in verse uh, nine. Yeah, verse nine and verse ten says, nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. Like he's filled with rage, he wants to take action against Mordecai, but he just controls himself. He goes home. So he goes home to his wife, and his wife's name is Zeresh, and they have 10 sons. And he also calls his friends. So verse 11 says, Haman boasted to them, which are his friends and his wife, probably his 10 kids, about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him, and how he had elevated him above the other nobles and officials. And that's not all. Haman added, I'm the only person Queen Esther invited to accompany uh, the king to the banquet that she gave. So, um, and then in verse 13 says, But all this gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate. He's like, all this, everything I have, all the power, all the authority, all the favor I have, it doesn't mean anything because I still see that guy Mordecai, that Jew at the gate that doesn't, kneel before me right doesn't respect me um so then his wife gives him this advice the wife zeresh and all his friends said to him and his friends have a pole set up reaching to a height of 50 cubits and ask the king in the morning to have mordecai impaled on it then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself so they're saying hey don't worry about it you have all this authority and power just like have a pole erected and in the morning, you know, ask the king to for, for Mordecai to be pretty much killed and hang on a pole. And then just, you know, just go enjoy your day at the banquet, like just an ordinary day. I just have somebody killed and no worries, go and enjoy yourself. So, um, so that's what happens. So now we're at chapter six. So chapter six, it says, this is really important. So you guys pay attention to this. It says, that night the king could not sleep. So he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. So the king normally goes to sleep. That night he can't sleep. So what does he do? He asks for the chronicles of pretty much the history of the palace, the things that have taken place, right? And he has it brought in and have it read to him. So it was found in the records that Mordecai had exposed... Um, I hope I'm saying this right. Uh, Big Thana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Cyrus. Remember, Mordecai was the person who told uh, Queen Esther, these two people at the gate, uh, king's officials, they're planning, they're plotting to kill the king. And that's how king's life was spared. So those two were captured and, uh, you know, uh, killed. So this was written in the book of Chronicles and it brought it was brought back to King Cyrus memory because now they're reading it. And then he's thinking, well, how did we how did we uh, did we like do anything for this guy, Mordecai? Did we 
reward him in any way. He pretty much saved my life. So in verse 3 says, What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing has been done for him. His attendants answered. So um, they're just saying, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, he saved the king, but nothing was done for him. So calling together his, um, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. So um, now the king is thinking, well, this, he should be rewarded, right? He's, why wasn't he rewarded for what he did? And so he's thinking, who's in the palace? And, then, and they say, well, Haman is in the palace now. In the palace uh, uh, at that time, I guess, you know, talking about, <laughs> they talk about being at the right place, right time. And then also they say being at the wrong place, right time. I guess Haman was at the wrong place at the wrong time. So, um, so what happens? They say, yeah, Haman is there. So he's like, okay, bring Haman here. Um, and then he asks Haman this question. King says, uh, you know, if he says, um, who, for the man that the king's delight to honor, well, he's asking him, what would you do for somebody who would save the king? Um, and Haman immediately thinks, oh, he's thinking about me. You know, it's all about me. He's like, Haman is so selfish and so prideful. He's thinking immediately, this king wants to honor me again. He's like, what would you do for somebody like that? Um, so um, Haman thought to himself, who is there that the king would rather honor than me? So he answered the king, for the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn and a horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on his head. Then let the robe and the horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princess. Let them uh, rope the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. So <laughs> he's saying, oh yeah, great. Okay, so bring the rope that you've worn and the horse you've ridden and place it on the person and then let a... Uh, uh, somebody important from palace like take him all around the city and proclaim to everybody this is what happens when somebody honors the king he's Haman is thinking that person is me that's what he's going to do to me right um, at once the king and we're in verse 10 at once the king uh, commanded Haman get the rope and the horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai the Jew <laughs> who sits at the city at the king's gate do not neglect, neglect anything you have recommended. Now think about Haman, what's going on through his mind right now. He's thinking, what? what? Who? Mordecai? Are you kidding me? I'm planning to kill Mordecai. And you're saying put a rope on him. And But he can't argue with the king, right? The king just asked him a question. How would you honor a person like that? And uh, Haman gave a suggestion, you know, as if it was him uh, who was going to be treated that way. So... Now, uh, he's probably just going crazy. So, but he has no choice. He has to honor the king. He can't argue with the king. So Haman got the rope and the horse and he roped Mordecai. He led him on a horseback through the city streets. And this is in verse 11, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man that king delights to honor. I wonder how was he feeling when he was saying that <laughs> and taking Mordecai all around town. 
Um, afterward, Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman rushed home. So he went home. He can't wait to tell his wife and his friends what's going on. And he probably got there. He's like, you can't believe what just happened today, right? His, the Bible says that his head was covered in grief. He told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had happened to him. Um, his advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him, since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. Well, so let's stop right there. This is in verse 13. So they're saying, oh no, are you, are you serious? So Mordecai, who's a Jew now, the king honors him and he made you do this. You can't go against, he's a Jewish guy. You cannot go against his nation anymore, like, right? But too late because the edict has already been ordered, right? The king has already issued that order for all the Jews to be killed on what was that a certain day, right? So while the Bible says in verse 14, while they're still talking with him, they're still like discussing this, like, what are we going to do? The king's eunuchs arrived and hurried him away to the banquet Esther had prepared. So um, he pretty much doesn't even honestly have a chance to think it out and to decide how am I going to handle this. While he's still talking, he was supposed to be at a banquet. So the eunuchs come, they take him and they're like, you're supposed to be at this banquet. We're going now. Um, so now he's going to join the banquet with Esther and King Cyrus. So uh, I'm going to end this teaching here, but I do want to emphasize, remember this nation of Israel, these Jewish people, there was an edict to kill them all, right? Um, there was an order from the king, the highest person and the authority governing position. And what did Haman do? Haman, uh, again, a person in authority and position to govern people, used his power uh, to come against God's people. And what happens? Did God just sit by and watch it? I'm like, well, that's how it is. That's your life. I have nothing to do with it. It's, you know, you guys have this coming, you know, protect yourself or do whatever. I'm not getting, no. These people fasted and prayed for three days. They went before God, uh, you know, uh, in grief, in deep grief and distress, asking God to help them. Does God step in and help? Because Remember, King Cyrus could not sleep, right? King Cyrus could not sleep. And what came to his mind? What came to his mind was go read that book of Chronicles. Like read the history of what's been going on in the palace. And he has that book read to him and is brought to his remembrance. Oh, Mordecai, this Jewish guy saved my life. What did you do for him? Right? All of a sudden, this Jewish guy has favor. with. How come he never rewarded him before? How come he didn't think of that before? Right? So it's just supposed to tell you that suddenly the events can change. Suddenly God can, can send help. Just remember, God has power over anything and everything, all his creations. He's above it all. And it's his perfect timing. He sends help. But these people humbled themselves. They fasted for three days. And I'm sure they prayed. And they went before God. And because they were God's children, you know, God sent help. And how, how did he do it? He sent help. He, again, the king couldn't sleep. He had the chronicles read to him, and he remembered a Jewish guy, uh, Mordecai, saved my life, right? Um, so that's, that's really the most important part of the teaching of the book of Esther. One, that the nation of Israel, they humbled themselves. They prayed and fasted together. Two, that God intervened, um, changed, changed the king's heart, and all the events 
um, that took after that. So we're going to continue this teaching until the next teaching. God be with you and God bless you.